I'm Pastor Jason, and I want to thank you for joining us today at Word of Life Church. If you're with us for the very first time, there's a card in front of you that says, Welcome to Word of Life. If you'll fill that out and just drop it in the offering here in a little bit, then we would appreciate it so much. Today, a word of life, we're going to worship God, and I want you to experience freedom in worship today. Lay down all of the things that you came in here with, and I want you to just let it go in the presence of God. I think God has something really, really awesome for us today. During worship, there are communion stations at the front and at the back. Feel free to partake of communion at any time during worship. When we receive the giving today, you can give a number of different ways at Word of Life. You can text 84321, and if it's your first time to do that, then it'll walk you right through it, and it's very easy. You can also go to our website, wolcarlsbad.com, or give from the Word of Life app. You can always give by filling out the envelope in front of you and just dropping it in the offering bucket. Thank you once again for joining us. We appreciate it. We are excited about what God is going to do today in your life. Let's do this. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, I'm so glad you came today. Praise God. We can bring up some house lights. Turn to someone and say, God is madly in love with you. Praise God. Praise God. Well, are you ready for some word today? We're going to get into it in just a moment. We've got some bridge kids that are ready to be dismissed from their classes. Praise God. And uh, by the way, our bridge kids are going back here today. We have, we're, we're kicking off our, uh, thank you, Jasmine. We're kicking off our, our newly restructured um, classes and and so the uh, elementary kids are over in this area today and so we just switch places with them so if you're in the bridge go back here praise God praise God hallelujah well a couple of weeks ago I began to to share on the Holy Spirit and uh, you know I, I have found that there is um, there's a lot of misunderstanding about Holy Spirit. And, uh, you know, we want to endeavor, I'm going to just spend some time right here today and for however long it takes us to get through this, uh, we're just going to spend some time dealing with, with uh, uh, and, and talking about this person, the Holy Spirit. Praise God. And, uh, uh, you know, I, I read something um, a while back that, uh, you know, it, it just kind of it struck a chord in me. And uh, uh, the author of, of a book that I was reading was talking about the Holy Spirit. And uh, he said, we refer to him as the Holy Spirit which, I mean, is referred to as the Holy Spirit in Scripture. He said, but when we speak to Him, you know, uh, or, or we're speaking about Him, he said, uh, he said, I like to just call Him Holy Spirit because that's His name. And, uh, you know, you wouldn't refer to, to Olga here as the Olga. <laughs> you know, that, that would be a little weird. Uh, you know, I mean, I'm not, when I say stuff like this, don't ever get me wrong. I'm not saying that he's offended by that and, uh, you know, that he gets upset about that or anything. But, um, you know, what I, I'm, I'm trying to raise your awareness level, praise God, and, and, and transform your thinking. In fact, we have been on a quest around here for a few years now to really just transform our thinking. And I have found that it is, is a whole lot easier to change people's behavior than it is to change the thinking. But if we can change your thinking, your behavior will change as well, automatically. 
we won't even have to talk about changing your behavior if you change the way you're thinking. Praise God. And I find that most of the problems that we deal with in life have to do with our mentality about things and how we're thinking about things. And so I want to transform your thinking about Holy Spirit. Praise God. Praise God. We've had this idea about Holy Spirit, and I grew up in, in Pentecostal uh, denominations, you know, or a Pentecostal denomination, and grew up around Pentecostal people, Pentecostal circles, and, and, and these kinds of things, and, you know, and uh, it's who I am all the way to the core. I, I am, I'm Pentecostal all the way to the innermost part of me, that's, that's what I am. I believe in Holy Spirit. I believe in his, in his work. I believe in His ministry. I believe in His manifestations and gifts. I, I believe in these things. I preach these things. And, and in fact, we're going to, uh, you know, we're, we're going to preach about the power of the Holy Spirit. But when I was growing up, all we ever heard about the Holy Spirit was about his, uh, about speaking with tongues. And we thought that's all there was. And we thought Holy Spirit was tongues. And, uh, you know, but there is so much more, so much more to Holy Spirit than just speaking with tongues. And, and you know, there's been a lot of, uh, uh, of weirdness that has gone on in the church relating to Holy Spirit. And we have thought that it had to be some kind of bizarre, off-the-wall uh, thing or, or God didn't do anything, you know. And, and those, that's just the kind of mentality that I grew up with. And, uh, you know, so let me just say this, that it doesn't have to be weird or bizarre to be Holy Spirit. In fact, a whole lot of the weirdness was nothing more, and I'm, uh, pay very careful attention to what I'm saying because I don't want to be misunderstood here. But a whole lot of the weirdness and a whole lot of the, uh, of the flaky stuff that we thought was Holy Spirit was nothing more than a manifestation of the flesh. You, do you know that there are people who can work an audience into a frenzy? And so many Christians don't know the difference. They don't know if it's Holy Spirit or, you know, they, they don't know what it is. They just, you know, uh, 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 a talented person, you could go uh, to a, a, a secular rock and roll concert, and uh, and these guys that are, you know, some of them. I'm not saying that all secular music artists are demon possessed, but there are some that are. Okay, and so uh, you know, you can take a demon possessed. Uh, rock musician that can work an audience into the same kind of frenzy that you know it, it would look just like what uh, uh, what a lot of uh, Pentecostalism is. And once again, I, I'm coming from a position of I'm Pentecostal to the core. All right, so I, I'm talking about you know. I'm talking about where I came from. I'm talking about me. I'm talking about, you know, so, uh, anyway, but I want you to understand that it, that much of what is done in Pentecostal circles does nothing more than draw attention to a preacher, does nothing more than draw attention away from Jesus. When in, if it's really Holy Spirit, he's going to draw attention to Jesus, not away from Jesus. Amen. Praise God. And so, uh, we're going to really dig into this, and I want you to be willing to change your mind about some things. 
And you see, there's a word in the Bible that is defined as to change your mind, and that word is repent. Okay? So, we're going to, my, my goal is for you to repent. Now, I didn't say repent of your sins. I hope you already think sin is a bad idea. Uh, I hope we're not at that point that we're having to change your mind about that. I hope you're already on that page. But let, let's change our mind. Let's repent about the way we have viewed Holy Spirit. Praise God. Praise God. We're going to talk about some things that don't get talked about much. Praise God. So, anyway, let's, let's get into this. Let's just raise one hand together and make this confession of faith. Say, Father, I thank you for your word. Your word is spirit and life to me. I believe with all my heart that your word, sown in good ground, produces good fruit. Father, I am good ground for your word. I'm a doer of the word, not a hearer only, and I am blessed in my deeds. And I rejoice today, Father. Because you sent Holy Spirit to reveal truth to me. So I call on you today, Holy Spirit, to do your work in my life. I'll receive truth, act upon it, be changed by it, and I will never be the same again. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Praise God. Now, I know that there were manifestations on the day of Pentecost that got the attention of people that were around. And, and I don't want to, uh, I, I don't want to diminish the importance of that. I don't want to diminish the importance of the manifestations of Holy Spirit. But that's not what we're going to talk about today. And we'll, we'll get there in this whole study on Holy Spirit. We'll get there and talk about that, but that's not where we're going today. Today, we're going to talk about your relationship with Holy Spirit. Praise God. Holy Spirit, the relationship. Praise God. Now, um, in John chapter 16, I want you to notice here as I read this, how many times the personal pronoun he is used in reference to Holy Spirit in one verse alone. However, when he, the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth for he will not speak of his own Authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak and tell you things to come. So, he or his six times in one verse, five times the word he is used and then his is used uh, an additional time. So, six times in one verse. And I want you, the, the significance of that is that Holy Spirit is not the holy it. Now, I remember as a kid growing up, people would come and, and you know, and, and we would see someone tarry for the Holy Spirit. That's what we called it, tarrying for the Holy Spirit. Now, where that came from, I'll, I'll just fill you in. You know, I, I've been around long enough that I don't have to be, I'm, I'm a natural born historian because I, I was there and saw it, okay? <laughs> so, I, I've seen a lot of history. But, uh, you know, tarrying for the Holy Spirit came from the fact that Jesus told his disciples, he said, now go into the city of Jerusalem and tarry there, if you're reading the King James Version of the Bible, tarry there until you be endued with power from on high. And so we call it tarrying for the Holy Spirit. They said, well, the Bible says we have to tarry for the Holy Spirit. Now, and so someone would come and they would say, oh, I've been tarrying for the Holy Spirit for 30 years. We say, why? Why? He's already here. 
Praise God. Why are you tarrying for the Holy Spirit? And then after they would, you know, they, well, brother, did you get it? Did you get it? See, and these are some of the things because we fail to realize that he was a person. He is not a holy it. And furthermore, there is no need for you to tarry for the Holy Spirit. Now, you say, well, but the Bible says to tarry for the Holy Spirit. It also says tarry in Jerusalem. So if you're tarrying in Carlsbad, you know, are, 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 you know, are, are you being scriptural? If you're going to tarry for the Holy Spirit, you better go to Jerusalem. But here's the thing. He has been poured out. The reason they tarried or waited for the Holy Spirit was because he had not yet been given. But on the day of Pentecost, he was given and he never left. Praise God. So he is still here, and there is no need for you to wait for the Holy Spirit. You simply receive Holy Spirit. Praise God. And so, you know, that's why you will, you will never hear that used or that talked about in, in this church of tarrying for the Holy Spirit. Why? We talk about receiving the Holy Spirit because He is given as the promise of the Father. Praise God. Praise God. You know, that would be like on Christmas Day, your kids get up early and they can't wait. They run in the living room and they're around the Christmas tree and they, they're, they're screaming and yelling. And they come and jump on your bed and wake you up and get you out of bed and you come in there and, and they say, uh, where, where's the Christmas gifts? And you say, well, you need to tarry for them. You, you need to wait for them. Well, they're not going to be very happy about that. Now, they know, they know that, that the gifts are there. They know. So why are they having to wait? So here's the thing. Holy Spirit has already been poured out. There is no reason for you to wait. In fact, you can receive this morning. You can receive this morning. You know, the only blockage to you receiving is your thinking about it. I, I'm talking to a house full of born-again believers now, that, that's a whole other issue if you've never been born again. That, that's another issue altogether. And all you got to do then is get born again, and then you don't have to wait either. And you can do that at any moment, at any time. In fact, you don't even have to wait till I'm finished preaching. The Bible says if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So even in the middle of my sermon, you can say, I, I, I believe that Jesus was raised from the dead and, and that he died for my sins and was raised from the dead, and, and I choose Jesus as my Savior and my Lord today. And that quick, you can be born again, pass from death to life, and you instantly become a candidate to receive this gift of the Holy Spirit, the promise of the Father. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But he is a person, and because he is a person, he has personal attributes. Praise God. He's not this great mysterious thing that, that you know, that, that's not what he is. He is a person and therefore has personal attributes. And we need to learn to know him as a person. You know, when Jesus was walking the shores of Galilee 2,000 years ago, we never thought of Jesus as being this mysterious thing. Why was that? Because we, we saw 
yeah, I mean, not, not physically with physical eyes, but we saw in the scriptures, we saw a physical body, a physical man, Jesus. But because Holy Spirit lacks the physical body in that aspect, we have trouble relating to that and understanding that he is a person. However, I, I, I submit this to you. In fact, I've talked about this the last couple of weeks, and I, but I submit this to you. He does have a body. He does have a body. Now, turn right next to you and look at the person next to you, and you are looking at the body of the Holy Spirit. Praise God. Praise God. Why? Because He is in you. Praise God. Look in the mirror, and you are looking at the body of Holy Spirit. Praise God. Now, He wants to fellowship with you. Praise God. He wants to fellowship with you. He wants you to know him personally. Look at this. Second Corinthians chapter 3, verse number 14. And I like the New American Standard translation of this. It says, The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you. How many of you? All. Now, tell the person next to you, I am an all. Okay, now you can tell the person next to you, say, and, and you are too. See, all refers to all of you. Praise God. You know, I, I know that sometimes in the context of things, all doesn't really mean all. All means all of a certain group. But in this case, all means all. All now there is a, a a qualification here. He is talking to believers, and so he is saying that. Notice this: the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, <clears throat> the love of God, and in this context, he's referring to God the Father. And the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Praise God. Now, John chapter 14, verse 17. Now, now notice that in, in 2 Corinthians where we just read there, he talks about the, the whole Trinity, the whole Godhead, God the Father God the Word, God the Holy Spirit. Praise God. John 14, verse 17. He says, The Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. Now, when Jesus was speaking these words, he had not yet ascended back into heaven. He had not yet gone to the grave and, being, and, and uh, been raised from the dead. And so, therefore, you know, he, he is talking about Holy Spirit, but he's saying he will be in you. But now we are on the other side of the resurrection. We are on the other side of Jesus ascending back to the Father. And where Jesus says, He will be, He, he dwells with you and will be in you. We could change that to He does dwell in you. Hallelujah. He does dwell in you. Praise God. Now, we forget sometimes that Holy Spirit is God. Like I say sometimes, we, we, have, we have trouble wrapping our mind around what Holy Spirit is. 
but he is a person. I cannot emphasize that enough that he is a person and he is the person of God. He is God. This is why, you know, I, I, I don't like, and I, you hear me say this a lot, and there's a, there's a reason that I do, but, um, you know, we talk about, we, I, I hear Christians a lot of times saying, God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. And that's like saying, I mean, that, that, that implies to a person with an uneducated mind in these things, that's saying that Jesus and Holy Spirit are not God. And that, that's what that statement implies. However, that statement is, is erroneous, and I want you to correct it. If you, you know, you've heard me say this a lot, and if you haven't corrected it, please do. Because I don't want people to get the idea that Jesus is not God. At the same time, I don't want people to get the idea that Holy Spirit is not God. I prefer that it be said like this because it makes it clear. God the Word, God the Father, and God the Holy Spirit. Praise God. Because all three are God. So Holy Spirit is every bit as much God as Jesus is God. He is every bit as much God as the Father is God. Now, as God, we can look at the Scripture and see the attributes of God and attribute them to Holy Spirit just like we attribute them to Father, just like we attribute them to Jesus. Praise God. So, in John, excuse me, in First John chapter 4, the Apostle John writing, he says, God is love. God is love. And so we forget sometimes, though, because we don't remember that Holy Spirit is God, we forget that Holy Spirit is love just like Father is love. Praise God. And so, here's what we act like. Sometimes our, our actions really reveal what we really believe. The, 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 and I don't mean your behavior. I'm talking about, you know, just how you respond to things, how you relate to things, how you, you know, how you treat things. Sometimes our actions... Um, you know, we in our action. Oh, let me just say it this way: We act as if He is everything. Uh, no, let me. I, I want to say this right. Okay, so I'm. Uh, I'm going to back up. And I'm going to start over again because I want. I want this to come out exactly right. Okay, we act as if He is everything the Bible says love is not. Did you get that? We act as if He is everything the Bible says love is not. You realize I was reading 1 Corinthians chapter 13 one day we all know is the love chapter. And for years I heard sermons preached on the love chapter, and this is the way you have to behave. This is the way you have to act. This is the way. But then we acted like God was the exact opposite of all of those things. But if He is love, and 1 Corinthians 13 says love is, then we know what God is is. And if we say he is anything other than that, then we have mischaracterized God. So let's not be guilty of mischaracterizing him. 
Now, you know, I hear people talk about offending God. And I've, I've meditated on that, that whole idea uh, an awful lot. And, and it, it, I, I came to realize that taking offense is a human weakness, not a divine characteristic. You see, when you say something that hurts my feelings and I'm offended by that, that's not a godly trait in me. That's a human weakness that I let your words offend me. And yet people think God runs around offended all the time. That, that he is, every time we fail, every time we make a mistake, every time we mess up, that he is offended. We talk, oh, I, I would rather offend people than to offend God. Well, you know what? I made a decision, and, and sometimes I have not lived up to the decision I made. I'll acknowledge that. You know, I, I made a decision, but there are moments when I don't really live up to the decision I made and I have to go back and back up a minute, hang on a minute, let me, let me reset. But see, I made a decision a long time ago. You can't offend me. Like I said, I haven't always lived up to that. that that's, that's what I endeavor to live up to. But I made a decision, you can't offend me. Now, if I could make such a decision, and, and I will say, it's hard for you to offend me. You're going to have to work at it to try to offend me, you know, because I made a decision you can't. And, and if I find myself getting offended, I've got to reset. I've got to back up and reset. Well, I did that because I believed that was a godly thing to do. You know, that, that was imitating my father because my father is not offended. He's not always running around offended. So, when, when you fail, when you make a mistake, when you do something he said don't do, he's not offended by that. Because you cannot offend him. I made that decision and I fall short of it sometimes, but that's what he is. He never falls short of it. You can't offend him, and I'll, I'll prove it to you in Scripture. But you can't offend God. You can't offend Father. You also cannot offend Holy Spirit. You know, here, here's the thing. I, I posted this yesterday. It was just a thought that was going over in my mind about grace. I said, grace is when you're in trouble and you cry out, oh, God, help me. And he does. And then you say, man, I sure lucked out on that one. Or you say, man, that's all because I had a great doctor. Or you say, oh, Father, thank you for helping. I promise, I promise if you help me, I'll do this, I'll do that. And then you don't keep your promises, right? Okay? And then, next time you're in trouble, you say, oh, God, please help me. And he does, again. And the thing is, he doesn't even say, well, you know, I'm thinking about whether I'm going to or not after last time. You know, you promised you some things and you didn't do it. So, I, I don't know if I'm going to help you or not. He never said that. He, he never even considered that he might not help you because of what you did last time. Praise God. You know, you... You gave all the credit to the doctor when I'm the one that healed you. Therefore, why would I want to heal you this time if you're just going to turn around and give the credit to the doctor again? Or, you know, you, you credit it to lucking out of all things. 
Why, if you're just going to say you lucked out, why would I heal you this time? Or why would I help you this time? How, why would I provide for you this time? Why would I keep you out of trouble this time? He never even considered doing that. Praise God. Praise, why? Because he wasn't offended by what you did. He wasn't offended by it. Praise God. See, we act like Holy Spirit is everything that the Bible says love is not. You know, I read a book, and I've mentioned this book. Uh, it was a book that I felt like the Lord was instructed me to read it. And uh, I read this whole book, and all the way through I'm wondering, why in the world did you want me to read this? So finally, I got finished with it. It was, it was hard. It was hard to read that book because it was terrible. But, you know, I got through the book, and I said, Lord, why did you want me to read that book? And, and what he showed me was, now I understood some of the objections that people have, and therefore I know where people are coming from. So it's, it's helpful in my line of work. It's helpful to understand why people think the way they think because then I know how to address it. And then I know how to, 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 to deal with those issues. And so I, I came away. There were some valid objections to Holy Spirit and His work. There were some valid problems that people had with it. I disagreed with them, but nonetheless, they were valid objections. And, you know, I wanted to be sure that what I was saying was not feeding their objections, but rather alleviating their objections. And, and, and I found that, that, that a whole lot of what we have done in Pentecostal and charismatic circles is that we have fed their objections, just strengthened their objections. And I want to make sure I'm not doing that. You know, why? Because, you know, some of their objections were, were valid. You know, and one of the things that he talked about in there was he talked about him and his wife lived in an apartment one time, and he was, he was given an, an analogy, and he said that we lived in this apartment, and there was a dove that would come and that would light right outside of our window. And every time that dove would stay there, as long as things were peaceful in the house, but if there was any tension in the house, any uh, conflict between my wife and I, he said the dove would sense that and would fly away and wouldn't come back for a while. And, and he said that the Bible says that Holy Spirit compares him to a dove. Actually, the Bible doesn't compare Holy Spirit to a dove. The Bible says that the Holy Spirit descended in bodily form like a dove. Just the way that he came down to alight upon Jesus was in bodily form like a dove. He did not say, the Scripture does not say Holy Spirit is like a dove. But... You know, the, the point that he was making is that when we have conflicts and things in our life, that Holy Spirit will leave for a while. Jesus said he would never leave. Jesus said he would abide with us forever. So, who am I to believe, this guy or Jesus? I think Jesus knows Holy Spirit better than that guy did. You know. And he said, you know, he would fly away and he would leave. Actually, what did Holy Spirit come to do but to help us? So when we have problems and conflicts in our life, he's come to help us, not to leave us when we're in trouble. 
Praise God. So don't ever be afraid that Holy Spirit is going to leave if you offend him. He, first of all, he's not offended. Secondly, if he were, he wouldn't leave because he would be there to help you through whatever you're dealing with. So don't think that Holy Spirit has left me because I've been messing up. It's like the doctor coming into the office one morning. He walks out into the waiting room and he says, man, I am leaving, you know, all these sick people here. But in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, and I'm reading this from the Amplified Classic Edition. says, love endures long and is patient and kind. But we act like he's impatient. You know, I've heard preachers say, delayed obedience is disobedience. Delayed obedience is disobedience. In other words, if you don't obey immediately, then you're in disobedience. And usually what they're talking about is get up and go to that phone and call and make your pledge today. And if you don't obey immediately, delayed obedience is disobedience. Well, like, like God is impatient with us. He's not going to put up with you. He is, you know, I told you three times and you haven't done it yet. I am done with you. And we think that's what God's like. Why do we think he's that way? Not because the Bible said that, but because some man said that. Because some man was getting impatient with you. If you don't get your act together and you don't get it together quick, I'm done with you. And because some of our people that are supposed to be representing God are getting impatient, therefore we think God's impatient. We think Holy Spirit's impatient. Let me just give you a, a, an example of how he has been patient with me. Back in the early days, many years ago, when I was very first beginning to allow God to use me in manifestations of the gifts of the Spirit, He would give me a word of prophecy or, or, or a tongue, an interpretation of tongues. And, you know, and one night I was sitting in a service and, uh, you know, the Spirit of God was really flowing in, in that service that night. And I stood up and gave a prophetic word. Only thing is, I missed it and I knew I did. I, I immediately knew as soon as I opened my mouth and started speaking, I knew I missed it. And I was speaking out of my emotion, not out of the Holy Spirit or by the Holy Spirit. But... In order to save face, I made up some things that sounded good. There wasn't anything wrong with what I said. didn't hurt anybody. But it was something that I made up to save face. And I sat down and I hung my head because I knew I had missed it and I felt terrible about it. And so the next day, I called my pastor, and I said, uh, can I come see you? And he said, sure, I'm in the office, come on by. And so I went by to see him, and I sat down, and I apologized to him for what I had done. And he looked across the desk, and he said to me, well, brother, it's obvious God wants to use you in that. And, uh, you know, just just keep seeking God, keep studying the Word, and, and, you know, and, and continue to keep an open heart, to, you know. 
But I, I said to God, I will never, ever, ever do that again. I, forget it. Don't give me a word of prophecy because I'm not saying it. You know, I, I refuse. And, and my pastor encouraged me. He didn't jump on my case. He didn't get on to me about it. He, he was very patient with me. But I felt so bad myself. Very next service. I mean, he didn't even wait a couple weeks. Very next service. I'm sitting there, and all of a sudden, someone gives a message in tongues, and I have the interpretation. And I'm saying, God, I told you, I'm not saying it. And he's saying, uh, here, I want you to give this interpretation. I'm saying, no, I'm not doing it. And I sat there, and I sat there, and I sat there, and, you know, and I'm nodding up on the inside because, you know, I, I'm, I'm struggling with this, and I'm saying no, and God's given me the interpretation, you know. And then finally, someone across the room gave, this is the only time this has ever happened in my life, but someone across the room gave the interpretation word for word. Now, the reason I say it's, uh, you know, usually it doesn't come word for word. It's an interpretation, not a word for word translation. But this time it was a word for word. This person across the room gave word for word what God was giving me. And I understood what was happening. And I said, forgive me, Lord, you know, okay, all right, I give in. You know, if you'll use me in that, I'll, I'll let you use me. See, that was Holy Spirit being patient with me. He had reason to be offended with me, but he's not offended. Praise God. He had, we act like he's impatient. I am so thankful for a pastor that was patient, for a pastor that showed me the patience of God in that situation. Brother, it's obvious God wants to use you in this, you know. And because he encouraged me and because Holy Spirit finally nailed the thing down with me, Praise God. Today, God uses me quite a bit in manifestations of the gifts of the Spirit. And so, uh, but we act like he's, ever, he, he's very impatient. Love endures long and is patient and kind. See, he's not jealous of Jesus or of you. So why would he be jealous of me? Well, here he says, he goes on to say, love never is envious nor boils over with jealousy, is not boastful or vainglorious. Why would Holy Spirit be, well, Jesus is getting too much attention. No, he came to bring attention to Jesus. Why would he be jealous of you? All right. So suppose, let me just say, okay, I'm, I'm preaching this morning. I'm, I'm pouring out my heart to you. I'm, I'm, I'm unloading what I believe God's put on the inside of me today. And when I go back there at the back and I stand there and somebody comes up and they, I'm not suggesting this, you know, I understand. I'm making a point. Okay. But I'm standing back there at the back, and somebody comes back there, and they put their arm around me, and they, you know, I give them a hug like I always do. And they say, Pastor, that was a great sermon today. Holy Spirit is not jealous. He doesn't get upset that you said to me that was a great sermon. He, he's not sitting there saying, ha, <clears throat> I'm the one that gave you that. You know, aren't you, you know, you know what I'm going to say if, if you do that? I'm going to say, thank you. I appreciate that. And Holy Spirit's not going to be upset about it. He knows 
I know where it came from. Praise God. He knows I don't think I came up with all this. I know I'm not this smart. You know, when I preach, I am not nearly as smart as I sound. You think, man, you must be really dumb then. <laughs> but, you know, I, I know I'm not that sharp. But when you say, that was a great sermon, Pastor, I'm going to say, thank you, I appreciate that. And Holy Spirit is not going to be upset. Praise God. And I have to stop. But we'll pick this up next week and go on talking about Holy Spirit, the relationship. Praise God. You see, we, we've got an, a relationship. You know, it was a country song a few years ago, me and Jesus, we got our own thing going. Me and Jesus, we got it all worked out. You know, me and Holy Spirit, we got a thing going. We got a relationship. Praise God. Praise God. And so, you know, let's get to know Him. You'll never get to know Him if He's it. You get to know Him if He's a person. Praise God. And you have fellowship with Him. And I'm here to tell you, the fellowship of the Holy Spirit is amazing. Praise God. It's amazing. We're going to change our thinking. Anybody willing to change your thinking? Okay. Five of you are. The rest of you, maybe we can convince you. Praise God. Hallelujah. Well, if you are here today... And you have never received Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. Jesus said, except you be born again, you cannot enter the kingdom of heaven. Now, Jesus was not trying to keep non-born again people out. He was trying to tell everybody how to get in. Praise God. He said, you must be born again. You know, uh, I was thinking about this one day, you know, and, and uh, we used to do some things here in the church in the evenings back in the back, uh, back here. And we would lock the front door and we put a sign on the front door that said, use the side door. Now, we weren't trying to keep some people out. We put a sign on the door to tell them how to get in. Praise God. Praise God. Jesus said, you must be born again. He was telling everyone how to get in. He said, the, the other doors, they, they, don't, they won't get you in. Only, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one gets in. No one comes to the Father except by me. Praise God. Jesus went to the cross and he paid for all of your sins. Paid in full. There's not a single sin you could ever commit or ever have committed or ever thought about committing that he hadn't already paid for. So with that said, all that remains is for you to accept. He's making an offer to you right now. Making an offer. If you have never received the salvation he so abundantly provided for you, it's very simple. If you believe he went to the cross for you and paid for your sins, rose again from the dead, the only thing left is for you to make a verbal commitment to that. Make a, a verbal acknowledgement of that. So I'm going to ask everyone in this room, and if you're watching online, I know we've got a message that we were having some technical difficulties today, but we'll, we'll be up later on and, and uh, some people will be seeing this. So if you're watching this, I want you to just pray this with me right now. I want everyone in this room to pray this. Just say this, and if you, if you pray this and you actually believe it, then the Bible says you will be saved. 
Praise God. So let's just pray this together. Say, God in heaven, I believe that you sent your son Jesus to die on a cross for me, to fully pay for all of my sins, leaving none of them out, took care of them all. I believe that you then raised him from the dead so I could have new life. And today, I choose to put my trust in Jesus for my salvation. And I declare that Jesus is my Lord. Jesus, thank you for dying for me. Thank you for coming into my life and saving me. I receive the salvation you so abundantly offer today. Thank you for saving me. Amen. Now, if you prayed that and you meant that, then if you prayed that for the first time, before you leave today, let me know that you prayed that prayer. And then secondly, if you prayed that prayer, if you're watching online, just send us a message and say, I prayed that prayer. I made Jesus the Lord of my life today. I was saved today. Just something to that effect and let us know what you've done. Praise God. Praise God. Now, secondly, we've been talking about Holy Spirit all day. And so I know we haven't got to this part yet, but... If you have never received the baptism with the Holy Spirit, with evidence of speaking with tongues, you can receive it. To, you can receive that gift, not, not it. As I already talked about that. You can receive him. You can receive it, the gift. Praise God. Right now, today, and very simply is this, that you... Ask, Jesus said, everyone who asks receives. And everyone who seeks finds. And everyone who knocks, the door will be open. Praise God. And there is not a chance that Father God would say no to your request to receive Holy Spirit. So when you... When we ask, I'm going to lead you in a prayer, and we're going to ask. When you ask, there's going to be a language that's going to begin to rise up on the inside of you. It's a language you haven't learned. It's words you won't understand them. You won't know what they mean. But the Bible says that when you speak those out, that you are giving thanks well. It says you are speaking divine mysteries. It says you are praying for things you don't know what you're praying about. It says you are... you. Uh, it empowers you, builds you up from the inside. You are praying beyond your intellect. You know, I don't know about you, but I need to get beyond my intellect sometimes. Praise God. So we're going to ask. And when we ask, the Father is going to respond to you, and He's going to do what you've asked. Praise God. Praise God. So let's just ask right now. And then when we, when we say amen, then I want you to begin to say what's coming up on the inside of you. Just speak it out. You won't understand it, but just say it. Praise God. That's, it's, there is no simpler way that, that I know of to explain to you what's about to take place. Praise God. So right now, let's just pray this together. Say, Father, Jesus said you have a gift for me. Right now, I ask you for the gift. I want to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, I invite you into my life. I receive you right now in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father, for filling me with the Holy Spirit. Now I respond back. Begin to respond now. Begin to speak out what's coming up on the inside of you. 
Rostere e Mosolo Brananda e Stebra Mano Coboro Yele Vrakiste Grananda Bahaba Sele Mosondo Robostoti Ede. Just go ahead and speak out what's coming up on the inside of you. Praise God. It's just that simple. And now that you have received every day, I encourage you to speak with tongues. Praise God. Speak with tongues because that is a heavenly language that is given to you to worship God, to pray, and to build yourself up. Praise God. And to empower you. Praise God. So begin to exercise that in your day-to-day -day life, your day-to-day -day prayer life. Praise God. Praise God. Well, I believe it's been a great day. Praise God. Are you hungry for more? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Well, Mary, did you have an announcement to make? you guys know we've had an idea in the works for the past I'd say probably two years <laughs> um, kind of some stalling on our, our, our uh, ladies in the church I guess me let me just say me um, we want to start uh, getting the young ladies uh, sixth grade and up together you know once at least once a month um, we're gonna start kicking it off it's called God Squad so whenever you guys see it on Facebook and hear about it you're gonna know that it's sixth grade and up um, Ladies are welcome to come too. Moms, uh, we're going to do our, our uh, kickoff next Sunday right after church. So from 12 to 1, just to kind of get everybody going and kind of see where everybody's at. Maybe there's some ideas that they want to talk about in their spiritual walk. Um, and just start investing some time into the young ladies in our, uh, in our uh, congregation. Um, we welcome everybody, you know, like I said, 12 to 12th grade and up. Uh, don't be surprised if uh, I approach some of you ladies, uh, maybe to share some of your stories. Um, you know, it's good to hear. I know uh, I, I, when I was their age, I could have benefited from hearing some of some stories and, and uh, especially getting back from the mission trip. I, if you were here, I shared, you know, it's the extra stuff that we do in our church that builds the relationships and, and uh, strengthens each other aside from Sunday morning service and maybe Wednesday night service for these uh, youth. So um, it'd be nice to have you guys come and invest in our, uh, in our young ladies. And I ask that you guys maybe pray about that and see if God wants you to, to share and open up with them. But it'll be next Sunday, right after church from 12 to one, lunch will be provided. Um, we just want to have ever, as many young ladies and, and, like I said, ladies in the in the congregation to come out. So, hope to see you there. Awesome, praise God. Okay, well, let's pray and we'll get out of here. Don't forget that there's the enchilada dinner. It's eight bucks a plate. I'm sure, it's going to be amazing. Well, Father God, we just thank you so much for today, Father. We just thank you for being such an amazing God who loves us, Father. Father God, for the unification, Father, of these families, that they are one family, Father, under God, indivisible, Father God, that you are the head of the family and that they all follow you, Father. I pray for job opportunities, Father God, just to become a, become a parent, Father, and that anybody who is seeking that they receive, Father, because you are the God who gives, Father, and we receive, and we thank you, Father God. I pray for any healing, Father, that anybody needs, Father God, and that as they go, to this week, Father, that they just see you and that you fill their week with opportunities, Father God, and you guys have a blessed day, and it was such a great time worshiping with you. Amen. Bye. And I let God be my vision, my strength and song. Not my will, but yours be done. I surrender my rebel heart.
Well, thank you once again for joining us today online. We want to connect with you, and we can do so one of three ways. You can email us, church at wolcarlsbad.com. You can connect with us via our Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash wolcarlsbad. Or you can click contact us via our app or our website. We would love to hear from you, and we want you to know that God is madly in love with you. Thanks for joining us.